Welcome to Voice Power, the podcast all about bringing the power of voice for your business or personal needs. You will hear how voice increases your positivity and creates amazing opportunities. Your host, Earl Thomas, The Voice, will share his vast experience on today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and writing a review wherever you receive your podcast. Welcome to Voice Power, Season 2, Episode 11. My very special guest today, critically acclaimed New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and number one Amazon best-selling author, Robert Dagoni. Keeping the momentum going on the variety in Voice Power guests, my very first author. Robert is the best-selling author of the Tracy Crosswhite Police Series set in Seattle, Washington, which has sold more than 8 million books worldwide. His literary achievements are superbly amazing. The Charles Jenkins Espionage Series, the David Sloan Legal Thriller Series, and several standalone novels including The Seventh Canon, Damage Control, and the literary novels, The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell, Suspense Magazine's 2018 Book of the Year, for which Dagoni's narration won an Audiophile Earphones Award and the critically acclaimed The World Played Chess, as well as the nonfiction expose The Cyanide Canary, a Washington Post Best Book of the Year. Several of his novels have been optioned for movies and television series. Robert is a recipient of the Nancy Pearl Award for Fiction and a three-time winner of the Friends of Mystery Spotted Owl Award for Best Novel Set in the Pacific Northwest. He has also been a finalist for many other awards, including the International Thriller Award, the Harper Lee Prize for Legal Fiction, the Silver Falchion Award for Mystery, and the Mystery Writers of America Edgar Award. Robert's books are sold in more than 25 countries and have been translated into more than 30 languages. With great pleasure, I welcome Robert Dagoni to Voice Power. Welcome, Bob. How's life in Washington? Where are you, in Seattle or Kirkland today? Well, I am on the east side today, and it's, uh, it's actually... Looks like it's going to be a pretty nice day. It started off cloudy, but the sun's coming out and all is well. That's great. It's uh, really sunny up here, too, in uh, B.C. At Voice Power, we discover how our voice creates positivity. Your voice is in your amazing writing. It is wonderful what you have achieved. I've loved your writing since I read my first book of yours, Damage Control. Thanks for making the time to chat about your writing career. No, thanks for having me. I'm happy to do it. Bob, tell us about your passion about writing and how it developed as a youngster. You know, it, it really started very early for me. I was very fortunate, very blessed. I knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was 12 years old and the fifth child in a big family. And uh, I was pretty cocky in grammar school. And I used to get in trouble all the time because I was the kid that used to have the, the, the quip and the smart aleck remark. And when I finally got to the sixth grade, I had a, a wonderful teacher, Sister Mary Williams, who took a liking to me and basically told my mom that she thought I was bored. And uh, they discussed what they could do to sort of keep me more active and interested in school. And so my mom got me reading. 
And my mom is a former English teacher and she started handing me books. I didn't know what she was handing me. I just knew she was handing me these great books, you know, The Count of Monte Cristo, The Old Man in the Sea, The Great Gatsby, you know, you name it, uh, Of Mice and Men. Uh, and I, I read them and I fell in love. I mean, I fell in love with stories. I fell in love with characters. And that was really the start. That was that was when I started realizing that that's really what I loved was I, I loved the ability that these people had to tell stories. And it's something that I really wanted to do. Yeah. And, and I notice when I'm reading, sometimes uh, I'm really into this book and then someone dies and I say, oh, no. And then I'm, it's, a, it's a story. <laughs> I'm really into it. So it segues into my next question. Since I read your first book, I was enthralled with how you develop a story the twist, the turns, and the intensity. From the first sentence, you have my interest. How do you develop a story so that the reader doesn't want to stop reading? Well, it's interesting. When I left the practice of law and began to write, and I, I could write, uh, I wrote for the Los Angeles Times, I wrote on the school newspapers, I wrote for the Stanford Daily. I mean, it wasn't a question of whether I could write, but I, I didn't realize, didn't fully understand that there is a structure to writing a novel. And uh, after many failures and, and a lot of uh, really what I would consider wasted time, um, I finally began to go to writing conferences and talk to people about you know the craft of writing and realized that there were all these books out there on what to do and what not to do. And I studied books like Christopher Vogler's book, The Writer's Journey, which is all about story structure. I studied Saul Stein's book on writing, which talks more about characters and how to develop characters. I studied uh, Donald Moss's book uh, called Writing the Breakout Novel, Things You Want to Do and Not Want to Do, How You Grab a Reader's Attention. Writer's Digest had a series of books, you know, how do you create tension? How do you hold the reader's tension? And I just started studying. I just started um, learning and I started, because uh, I was a lawyer, uh, I started, you know, keeping binders of materials and um, I started taking notes and I developed all these all these binders on you know what not to do and not what not to do. I was older, you know. I had left the practice of law after 13 years, and I was married, and I had uh, one child and another on the way. I didn't really have time to screw around. I, I needed to I needed to know what to do and what not to do. And so that's what I did. And I was able to take you know my ability to write and put it into a format that. Uh, is traditional story structure. And that's when I started to find success. Well, did your training and experience as a lawyer prepare you to be a best-selling author? I don't know if it prepared me to be a best-selling author, but it definitely prepared me to work hard. Uh, lawyers understand what it means to work hard. Lawyers understand what it, what it means to get up every day and put your butt in the chair. Work weekends if you have to. Work late hours if you have to. Work odd hours if you have to. And I think it gave me a discipline that I could sit down for long stretches of time and focus and concentrate. And that helps a great deal. Uh, people ask me all the time, you know, how come you're so, how are you so prolific? How do you put out so many books? And really it's because I'm a working author. That's what I am. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a everyday author. I, I write just about every day and I'm always, I'm always working on another story. Uh, is there a certain story you're working on now? Oh, always. I'm, uh, I'm working on the next Tracy book. I have, I think the 10th book in the series, uh, Tracy Crosswhite series, What She Found, will be out August of 2022. And I am uh, working on, uh, I have a legal thriller that'll be out uh, after that 
And that's going to be called Her Deadly Game. And I'm working on the next Tracy book. And it's really a book that uh, that follows uh, follows right after what she found. So I'm, all, I'm always working on something. I love the Tracy series and how the characters are developed and her partner. And just forget her partner's name. Uh, Kensington Row. Kensington Row. Yes. How could I forget that? <laughs> <laughs> now, who is your favorite author and why? I don't know that I have a favorite author. What I love is I love a good story and I will read just about anything as long as it's a good story and it holds my attention. Uh, I read all kinds of genres. I read science fiction. I read fantasy. I read legal thrillers. I read mysteries. I read literary novels. I read chiclet. Uh, you know, I read everything um, because I'm really what I'm, what I'm interested in is, is the story. I can say that um, Stephen King has always been uh, a, particular interest to me because I think he's so brilliant. And when I am actually writing the novel, when I am putting words to the page, uh, I start every day by reading The Green Mile, which Stephen King wrote. And I'll read sometimes a page, sometimes five pages, but I'll read until my senses are activated and the muse is starts talking to me and I be, can begin to put words, my characters can be, you know, start talking to me and I can put words to page. Now, I understand you teach novel writing, and how did the novel writing intensive begin? And tell us the satisfaction you experienced from teaching. So I began teaching as a way to be as a way to get my name out in the writing community and in the public. I thought that the more I did, uh, the better I would be known, the better my books would sell. I also had spent a long time, I had spent about three years teaching myself the craft, and I felt that if writers just talk to each other more, and told each other, you know, hey, have you read this book? Have you not read that book? You know, I would have saved myself a lot of time. So I saw teaching as an opportunity to give back to the writing profession, to give back to writers by putting them on a path that would help lead them to success by giving them the books that were going to help them do the right things and avoid doing the wrong things. So I was teaching one time back in Florida, and uh, there was a guy sitting in my class named Stephen James. And Stephen is also a teacher. He, he, he teaches writing craft. And he had just put together what he called the novel writing intensive, where he took 12 students and he reviewed their first 50 pages. And then they came in and he had a writing seminar, three and a half days, where they really used the, the writing samples as a, um, as a means to teach. But it was killing him. I mean, that's a lot of material to have to do on your own. And he came and he, he heard me teach. And he felt that I got it, that we had things in common uh, and we believed things in common about stories. So he asked me if I'd be interested in helping him write the novel, helping him teach the novel writing intensive. And that was 10 years ago. We celebrated our 10 year anniversary this year. Uh, and we have had um, we have had dozens of students uh, come to our seminars and we've had a number of them who have had success, which is very, very satisfying for me because, um, you know, you people that that want to write have a strong passion for it and and they want to be successful and it's it's difficult it's a very difficult profession and if if i have a small part in their success that's very gratifying you know when when i read and i do read a lot i visualize who could be play that part who could be tracy yeah. crossway yeah. uh, you know i'd love to see you know i'd love to see a tv series or or, or a movie how is the progress on the TV series and movies going uh, to your books? Well, actually, um, 
I sold the the espionage series that I wrote. It's a three three book series. There may be more books, but I'm not yet certain at this point in time. But uh, I wrote a three book series. Uh, basically, it's called the Charles Jenkins series. He's a 60 year old former CIA officer who gets called back into duty in in Russia. The books sold extremely well. They've done very well, and uh, because of of his character. Uh, he's an African-American man, uh, father, husband, uh, good man, and he finds himself in a very bad situation. Uh, the The book was bought by um, Roadhouse, Roadside Productions, and they just recently um, sold the, the rights to uh, put together a pilot to CBS Studios. So that's in the works. The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell was purchased uh, about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. The woman who purchased it, the producer, uh, she's working now with a screenwriter who's going to be putting together the screenplay, and then she'll take that out to production houses and and look for a director and, and all those things. So all that is going very well. Um, Tracy has not yet found a home, uh, but we're optimistic that as things begin to, you know, it's sort of like anything in life, right? When 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 one of the one of your books is is successful and turned into a TV series, then Suddenly, people begin to find your other books. I'm wondering uh, about that visualizing uh, who would play. Who would you visualize playing Tracy? You know, I, I had some people, uh, we did that once before, and I had some people come up with some really great ideas. And I, I'm terrible with names. I can't remember them. But, you know, I always thought that she was sort of like Charlize Theron. You know, she's tall, she's blonde, she's fit, she's tough. Uh, so I thought that, and she's about the right age. So I, I always thought that she'd be a great person to play Tracy, but some other people had some great ideas and, uh, you know, I, I'd just be happy to see a, a, a good, good actress in that role. Now, would there ever be a situation that would lead you back into the courtroom? Cause you have all those skills from being a lawyer and that's a lot of training and experience. No. And, and, and I say that because, um, you, just what you said. Uh, the law requires a lot of skills and a lot of training. And, you know, I grew up in an era where there weren't a lot of computers, there weren't a lot of uh, diagrams, there weren't a lot of, of gizmos and, and that. And the, the, the law has changed. You know, I, the last case that I worked on, I began to see this, this young attorney uh, doing all kinds of things with their computers. And I just began to realize that, you know, and if I wanted to stay relevant, I was going to have to continue my skills continue to learn. And, and law is not something you can really jump in and into and jump out of if you want to do it well. Now, when, when you're writing and you do write often, do you feel like it's, it isn't work and you're, you're having a lot of fun? Oh, I mean, I, I love writing, but you know, there's always the stress that comes with sitting down and looking at a blank page and realizing that you have to fill 400 of them. You know, you want to fill them all in one day and that's just simply not possible. So, you know, it's a profession that requires you to have patience and diligence. It's a profession that requires you to not panic uh, when when you have those off days where the characters just aren't talking to you and and things are just not going all that well. Uh, I've done 20 something books now, and I still find myself at times having to calm myself down and, and tell myself, you've done this 25 times before this will this will happen this you'll get through this little glitch and you know, and, and um, I, I'm not a, I don't write from an outline. I'm an organic writer. Um, and I, I let my characters tell me the story and I follow sort of what they want to do. And, and that in and of itself can be, um, can be scary because you don't have a, a set pattern. And so you'll get up thinking one thing in, in the morning and suddenly your characters begin to tell you, no, we're going to do that a different way. And I had that happen this morning. 
you know, I thought I had sort of the ending of, of the book uh, in my mind set up. And then I began to realize, no, um, that's not how it's going to go. It's going to go this way. And you just have to, you have to be uh, uh, optimistic. You have to be an optimist. Uh, and by nature, I'm probably more of a pessimist, but I'm trying to become more of an optimist. And you have to, you have to trust your characters. You have to trust and listen to your characters. So it's obvious that it's uh, writing is in your heart and soul and mind. It just, you know, you're passionate with it. And by how you answer that, that question, how you um, develop the process, like, uh, like say Tracy, Tracy Crossright, you know, do, do you, do you have a, a process that you follow every time or does it change? Well, I, you know, I, I wish I did. It probably would make it easier, but um, I really don't. Um, an idea will come to me and I just begin to explore whether that idea is, is worthy of a book. I do a tremendous amount of research. I always research my novels and I have people that help me. I have police officers. I have homicide detectives. I have people that, that assist me. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll write the first draft and then I'll go back and I'll work on it, but I won't, I won't try to polish it. And I'll get in touch then with the people that I am working with. And I'll say, you know, can you read it and, and let me know your thoughts? Where did I get, what did I get right? What did I get wrong? If I got it wrong, you know, what can I do to fix it? And then when I get that all sort of hammered out, then I'll, I'll send it off to my editor. And then my editor will have thoughts and changes and suggestions. And, you know, we'll work on that together. And then I'll work with a developmental editor and she'll have thoughts and changes and ideas. And, you know, the, the, the goal is to just put together the best book possible. I don't ever want to write a novel where, where my readers think that I, that I phoned it in, that I just, you know, I just turned in the novel and it's, it's not my best. I always want the, I want the next book to be better than the book before it. I think readers are owed that. I think readers deserve that. And I do my best to try to deliver that. And you know how you develop plots and the, the whole thing. Sometimes I, when I'm reading, I'm very focused on what's, and then I have to go back and where, where did that other person go? And, and then, and then, oh, I get it. Because there's, there's so much involved for the reader, just enjoying it. I mean, you must have a, you must have a huge following. I would think. I, I have a lot of really loyal, dedicated readers and, you know, readers are, 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 are wonderful. Um, you know, you go to the movies and I love movies. But you go to the movies and movies are not very interactive. Uh, movies just sort of come at you and you absorb them. Books are interactive. You have to immerse yourself in the book. You have to immerse yourself in the characters. You have to think like the character thinks. And everybody likes to try to f solve a mystery, right? So that's the fun of it. And so everybody's trying to outthink out the, the, uh, you know, the detective and, and that they figured it out or whatever it is. And, and that's, that's the fun part of it. When you, when you give readers a twist that they don't see coming, that's a lot of fun. Do you have an offer for, for my listeners uh, to voice power? You know, I, I do. What, I would, what I'd love to do is give away a copy of my next Tracy book, which will be out in August. It's called What She Found. You know, I, uh, I'm happy to send you a signed copy and you can decide, you know, how you want to give it away. If you want to be the 10th person that emails you or whatever, however your listeners respond to you, that's fine with me. Bob, I've really enjoyed talking with you. It's been a real honor. You know, I do a lot of reading and it's just amazing, uh, you know, to be able to talk to someone so successful and so prolific. Bob, I wish you a great day down there in Washington. And uh, thanks for coming on to Voice Power.
Earl, it's always very humbling to be asked uh, to come on and, and talk about my uh, my career. And I am a, I am just a guy who writes and, uh, and that's something I'm proud of. So thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into Voice Power and subscribing and writing a review wherever you receive your podcast. Voice Power is the podcast that keeps you informed on how voiceovers improve your business and personal life. Earl Thomas, The Voice. Thanks you for joining him today. Have yourself a wonderful day, and we look forward to you joining us next time.